Welcome back to another week of the Geek Whispers. You have Matt Brender. And I'm Amy Lewis. And you also have John Mark Troyer. And we are pleased to welcome yet another incredible guest from the technical realm. This week, we're joined by Tyler Hannon, Director of Technical Marketing at Basho, my employer. Tyler, thanks for joining. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's delightful to join the three of you. Yeah, you are, you are certainly a geek whisperer with a, a diverse set of technical and sort of selling that tech background as well. Today, we're here to talk about what in the world technical marketing is about. It's this weird unicorn position that seems to fit in the middle of a Venn diagram of sales, marketing, engineering, and some other stuff that we can't quite put our finger on, but we know there's some unicorn magic in it. So why don't we just start with the basics? Why do we need technical marketing engineers or even, even more vaguely, like what's, what's a TME? That's a great question. And, and in fact, I need to, to step back just a little bit further, which is this is the first time I've ever been described as a whisperer. Usually I'm a geek <laughs> shouter. So it's, you know, it's an honor for me to be a whisperer. Yeah, the dulcet tones will <laughs> certainly help us along. The ringing baritone. So technical marketing, TME, why do we need it? It's a really good question. I think it's, it's a question that a lot of different companies struggle with. And the reality is, and I think something that's been talked about on this podcast sort of thematically, is we need to speak to people differently than we have in the past. As technical individuals and as people who make up companies, we've realized that sort of the traditional styles of marketing, while there's a lot of value there and are still useful, need to migrate slightly. And we need to include more technical content in the materials that we deliver. And there's been a variety of ways that I think companies have tried to solve that problem in the past. And sometimes that's been solved inside of an organization with a solutions engineer or a solutions architect. And in other circumstances, that's, that's solved with um, dev advocates or technical evangelists. But it depends on the makeup of the organization and the individuals that they're talking to. And so sometimes we describe this role that sort of rides the line between sales, marketing, and engineering as technical marketing. I think it acknowledges and identifies the fact that there are marketers, folk who like you know, speaking for a living and writing for a living, who also are highly technical. Huh. Hey, Tyler, curious about your org chart. At VMware, technical marketing sat alongside product marketing. And so the audience for both of those groups was somewhat external, for sure, but a large part of their time and effort went to enablement of the field, the SEs, and also the partner channel field. So do you spend a lot of your time worrying about how to enable the rest of your team, or do you consider your audience, your primary audience, to be uh, prospects and customers? That's a fantastic question. I think that's one of probably the more difficult things for people to understand about TME is that my role is probably fairly evenly split between internal enablement work, sort of what some people would call traditional product marketing kind of sales enablement function and, and SE enablement, as well as external work. And so as I'm measuring and monitoring the, the work output that I create, uh, one of the metrics that I'm keenly interested in is, am I spending too much time internally or am I spending too much time externally? Can I find the proper balance there? So both, I guess. 
Yeah, indeed. Uh, if I heard you correctly, is your take on this role that people are marketers first, who also happen to be technical? Just want to go a little deeper in something you had said before John asked that question. You're baiting them, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> so I began not as a marketer first, but as an engineer first who moved to marketing. I don't think that's the only path that folk can take. Um, I've worked with some excellent technical marketing folk who began in a very traditional sort of Marcom function and realized a deep and abiding love for the internals of technology and took a more technical swing. I happened to come at it from the other direction, where I began more technically, uh, actually as, as a database engineer, and realized that I, I really wanted to talk to people for a living rather than just writing code. Well, I bring this up because we tease Matt ruthlessly for being the self-loathing marketer for so long, but now he's <laughs> he's fully actualized. But I am struck over and over again by that struggle, that tension between people feeling like they somehow have to give up their technical cred. But I love how you just put that of maybe there are engineers out there, people who are very technically minded, but just don't have complete job satisfaction because they want to get out of their office a little bit more because they want to get out and talk to people. So I don't know, something you said really resonated with me and I wanted to bring it out. No, and it's fantastic. I, I think it's when I look at my career trajectory, if you will, it's been the thing that I've been most lucky with is finding organizations that valued the technical contribution that someone could have while speaking to prospects or customers or internally. The traditional path of, hey, I happen to be a communicator who is also technical of, well, maybe you should consider architecture is great, but you know maybe that's why we ended up in the situation where some of our architects in the past, industry-wide, weren't really technical architects. They were sales folk or they were marketers. And so the ability to be technical and be a marketer and to honestly say, I am happy with marketing and I'm also happy being technical, is an interesting place to come to. You know, I, I to a degree, um, particularly in smaller technology organizations, believe that everyone's in sales just by the nature of the, the interconnected world that we live in. But the ability to own that and to own that not only in my job description, but to have organizational recognition of that value is, is important to me. Yeah, that's really validating, Tyler, when I think about the TME part of the org chart validates that Conway's law is allowed to continue to be its top-down sort of dominating theory of how you work uh, without shoving you toward one direction, like toward marketing or towards sales or towards engineering on their own. You're recognized organizationally that you will sit in between these in an occasionally pretty ambiguous way. And and that's okay. That actually means you're doing your job. Actually, Matt, can you explain Conway's Law for a sec? Sure. In, in a nutshell, Conway's Law says that a company will function by the way its org chart is defined. I'll accept that. That <laughs> makes my, my org chart hobby feel that much more important. So I'm going to go with that as well. Yeah. I mean, that is the, the cliff notes of Conway's Law, and, and it has ramifications on how people interact with each other. I also wanted to take on the emotional component of this. I love that the sort of Conway's law explanation and how you organize speaks to how you exist, how you function culturally. It makes tons of sense to me. And again, perhaps speaks to my obsession with org charts. But I also want to have a the therapeutic moment of the Geek Whispers confessional booth. 
But I love Tyler's unapologetic, figure out who you are and own it. There is no shame in being in this organization or that organization. And maybe those two comments sort of work together. If we all felt more confident about what organization we were in, or if our company was structured in a way that we didn't feel like you're a big loser if you sit in marketing, or you're totally the slick back hair sales guy if you're in sales, we have certainly played to those stereotypes and torn them down here. It's a can't we all just get along sort of moment. Own who you are. And I think it sounds like you'll be a much happier employee all the way around. Indeed. And I think it makes not only not only for a happier individual, but a more productive person. Uh, when you have distaste either for your role in an org chart or for your title, that distaste, I believe, shows in the work that you're doing. And so being able to, to feel a, a measure of satisfaction and confidence in your position in an organization matters. And the converse of that, though, then is true, which is there are some organizations that will encourage a technical marketing role, but they organizationally aren't ready for it yet. Um, or there's a portion of the organization that's ready for it and a portion that's not. And so as much self-satisfaction as there can be in, in identifying what you're good at and running with it, there's also the tension of perhaps I'm in a place that's not ready yet for what I do. But I think that's true for all of us who are riding the line between technology and marketing. I'm still stuck on the sick burn that you gave to architects about five minutes ago. <laughs> I noticed you just slipped that right in. What does that mean, Tyler and Matt, that tech marketing is the DevOps engineer of, of marketing then that sits between? Oh. I was going to go with utility infielder. I was going to pull in our <laughs> Greg Nearman episode of recent past. Oh, I just wanted to say the word DevOps. <laughs> I and you just want to make me groan by saying DevOps engineer. Uh, yeah, yeah, that too. I, I yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so Bonus. DevOps is a cultural evolution inside a engineering organization that shows that tossing pigs over part of a technical wall um, and saying "not mine" or "this is mine" isn't very effective. Uh, shifting gears just a tiny bit. One more follow-up on, on this first point for you, Tyler. You mentioned the word metrics. I heard it in there somewhere. Um, so <laughs> you how, that word. If you're not carrying a quota and you don't have to deliver a product and you're not you know, measured on qualified leads per se, what do you think classifies you as productive inside an organization? Well, there's definitely a temptation to qualify productivity as volume of output, and, you know, tech marketing, marketing generally tends to be about content, whether that be, you know, spoken or written or uh, enablement materials. And, and so it's very tempting to say we built N pieces of content so we are successful. The balance is, is the content that I'm creating actually being consumed? Mm. And that's sort of the ideal of analysis. The challenge with that is back to John's point earlier of, internal versus external focus. You know, it's really easy using the tools that we all know and love and trust to measure external consumption. Measuring internal consumption is another thing entirely. And so much of that, while there are things you can do depending on what tools you use to share content, much of that becomes a bit of gut feel and applying metrics to things that seem less tangible but are very important. Like if sales has questions, how often are they getting answered? 
Yeah. If SEs need material, are we able to deliver what they need? And, and in what time frames versus just the volume of output? That's good. That's good. There's a quality factor on it as opposed to just quantity. It's smart. I just, I heard the gut backed by metrics. I didn't want to say ha. Like <laughs> There's a, no reason to say ha because we agree on this to, despite <laughs> fighting constantly. We <laughs> Okay, uh, well, I think we have a good sort of uh, 360 on what it means to be a TME from the actual job to the evolution of it as a business need. Let's dig a tiny bit into how you got here, Tyler. So you said your background was a DBA at some point in the past, and you had that missing connection with people. So how did you get drawn out of the cube farm and the, and the SQL queries into the orator of a role that you have on a regular basis. Yeah, indeed. So uh, I followed a very circuitous route, uh, as I think have many in the wonderful world of startups. I actually, I started my first company at 17. And I started doing database consulting for my high school because they couldn't figure out how to make their uh, registration system work. And I wasn't smart enough to know that I couldn't do it. <laughs> so my father said, if you're going to start doing consulting work, make an LLC. So I did. And then after about two years of that, I realized that running a business was no fun. And so I wanted to focus sort of exclusively on being a DBA. Uh, that took me through sort of a very tough time uh, in the industry. And I ended up in sort of support and consulting roles as a tech consultant, which sort of began my realization that as much as I loved writing code, I loved writing code with people or talking to people about code. And then as a callback for what, what John mentioned about my, my slight architect slam, I actually took a role as a technology architect and failed miserably at it <laughs> when I realized that I was really an engineer and not an architect. Started another company with a series of friends, and, and with that, I actually ran marketing for a while. I, I ran evangelism for a while. I ran business development for a while. All of these in an effort to try to find the place where I fit. Nice. And then shortly thereafter, as I, as I returned to Basho after, after a period of time away for a while, I actually ran all of marketing for Basho. Then I stepped away. And as I returned to Basho, I returned in this sort of new role that the organization had defined, which was technical marketing. And I've, at least to date, <laughs> found some measure of confidence and comfort in, in what it is that I'm doing. So Tyler had talked about organizations kind of in transition. And as you think about your own journey and the lessons learned as a director, how do you set up your organization, your team, et cetera, to kind of avoid some of the pitfalls that you've seen to create this space to make sure that you sit organizationally so that the TMEs can flourish? Absolutely. It's a great question. And really, the definition of the technical marketing role, while it would be fantastic to say, here is sort of the, the LinkedIn short brief of what technical marketing is it differs somewhat based on organization. Is your organization interested in promoting its core technology? Does it have a developer advocacy or an evangelism team that, that's doing a core developer engagement? And so the reality is once you understand uh, the organizational dynamics, the areas of opportunity that can be addressed by quality technical content that, that is respective, if you will, of sales tone and of message. Once you identify that, you know where the organizational opportunity is. 
And then when there's folk on my team or, or other people that I talk to when I'm doing, you know, consulting work for a new organization or when I'm, I'm mentoring a, a new person inside of a, of a company, I always encourage them to, to quickly identify what it is that they love. I call it planting a flag. You place a flag in the things that you love doing and you recognize those. And then you place a flag in the things that, you know, maybe you don't value as much but are a necessary evil inside of the role. And you try to migrate your role over time towards the things that you love. And as you grow an organization, I tend to find that, that as and if um, you hire well, uh, you find people whose, whose skills are complementary. And you may allow folk who have the same title to do somewhat different things, but that's okay because they're still producing the quality content. They're still engaging in the way that it wants done, but they're doing so in a way that's fulfilling for them as an individual. Yeah, I've seen people with the title of technical marketing engineer versus technical marketing manager, people that work in the lab but are still part of the technical marketing team, so that it does take all time, kinds. Hey, Tyler, my question is, are you at all surprised that you're in the role you're at, or was this any part of a career plan or progression? Given that you zigged and zagged a little bit, I'm going to guess the answer is, you know, you this wasn't a particular plan, but I'm just kind of curious what your thought is looking backwards. It definitely wasn't a particular plan. I don't think I'm surprised with the work that I do. It's Surprise may have been the wrong word. Yeah, no, it's a collision of the things I love. I think what, what I am somewhat surprised about is the organizations that are starting to recognize that technical marketing is a thing. Uh, you start to see job postings that have the technical marketing title in the smallest of small startups and in the largest of large Whereas in the past, you know, if I was looking for work, I would always have to sort of look in the product marketing function, if you will. Even in very large organizations, you're beginning to see more of the language around technical marketing surface, and maybe in a way that's similar to what we've seen with the DevOps movement. As Matt said, it's a cultural shift, and I'm beginning to see that shift from the biggest of big, stable organizations to the, the, the smallest of the new. Tyler, is any part of your job actually generating leads or generating new business amongst the, the technical prospects? It is. And, and in fact, that's one of the metrics that we as a marketing organization holistically measure is, of course, we're in marketing, so lead flow matters. And so particularly with, with new products, uh, things we're releasing, things that are forward-looking uh, I will often be engaged in like beta engagements, et cetera, partially to, to offset you know, knowledge gaps that, that may exist in the organization. But also it's incredibly useful for me as I look at bringing the, the content that I'm creating or the presentations that I'm building to a broader audience to make sure that that's well positioned. So I view it as much as feedback on that which I've created as I do as beneficial for the organization. So my opportunity to engage early even though it's a small metric that I'm measured against, it is one, is also incredibly useful for the, the other metrics that I'm measured against around output, et cetera. Yeah. So back to your point of necessary evils, right? That you're, you're part of the demand gen, finding names and putting them into forms sort of bucket. But the content you're creating for those people, you're adding value to their interests. 
and then that adds back to your content so you can continue to produce for them. Absolutely. It's, it's a, you know, I, much as I hate to use the term feedback loop, right, because I think it's so overused, it, it really is. The more information that I can glean, yeah. from people who are actually reading and engaging with the content, or if they're not. There's as much to be learned from people not reading what you wrote as there is about reading what you wrote, right? And so the more that I can engage with people earlier, the better off I think we as an organization, and definitely me as a marketer, are. Yeah, or, or put even simply, you got to get out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> Great points. Hey, so where do we go from here, Tyler, when, when, we, when we look at what you've done and what the role has brought to large and small organizations alike, when organizations are being built in the future, what, what do they look like? That's a really interesting question. And I think it's related to the question of what does the career trajectory for a TME look like? Sure. Um, Let's make it concrete. What's you, your trajectory going to look like? You know, that's, that's a very good question. <laughs> uh, it's something I ask myself. Uh, it's really easy to put additional higher level titles in front of a position. Uh, you, <laughs> Principal technical uh, marketing engineer. Yeah, you are a technical marketing engineer. You are a senior technical marketing engineer. You are a manager of technical marketing engineers. And, and I think largely in marketing holistically, that's, that's a growth path, right? You put names in front of titles and, or, you know, and, and increase the level to thereby recognize years of contribution and increases in salary, really, is what it boils down to, right? From a trajectory perspective, my idyllic scenario is that as we see technical marketing and, and even things like influencer marketing and, and advocacy become more mainstream and more recognized as valuable inside of these large organizations the traditional marketing structure of I have Marcom and I have product marketing begins to break down and you begin to break out functions so that your marketing organization looks perhaps more flat, but there's more opportunity to specialize. I don't imagine myself, um, you know, unless the entrepreneurial bug bites me again and I fall victims to the allure, I don't imagine myself running a business. I imagine myself continuing to do what I do either as a manager or as an individual contributor and continuing to sort of maintain that title and do it well. It's interesting. The, the funny thing is if you look from the marketing perspective, if you look at stuff around content marketing and you know this Marcom area, they say the same thing. We've got to reorg. We've got to get flatter. We can't have all these silos because the content that the whole team produces, it, it's just not being produced efficiently the way we're now organized. So it's it's, it's interesting that you're saying the same thing coming from the technical side. Yeah, and I think it's a natural outcome of the two sides of, of sort of traditional marketing, if you will, and technical marketing working together and working hand in hand and, and acknowledging that, hey, we may have very different views of the world, but we're working towards a common purpose. I'm very interested in telling a technically accurate story. They're very interested in telling a compelling story. If we can tell a technically accurate and compelling story, all the better for the business. Go crazy. That's nuts. <laughs> crazy talk. <laughs> no, but it's it's a great future ahead of us, and it's good to see that. I mean, these trends of of changing the technology stacks and the way those orgs interact, there really is an analogy to the way marketing continues to evolve, and that's what's kept all of us employed for the last few years. And may there be many years ahead that will continue to to keep us interested and excited in our work. Tyler, what, what do you look for as you're looking to hire people? What makes a good technical marketing manager or technical marketing engineer? 
you know, I'm, I'm tempted to use the word neuroses, but I think probably the correct word is passion. Um, <laughs> That's a better uh, word. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. I'm almost not terribly concerned about what it is, what particular technology an individual is passionate about as much as that there is passion there. Of course, in technical marketing, we're often called on to speak at random event or customer X, as well as write a lot. And so those sort of practical skills are, of course, something that matter. But, but I think that the, the intangible, if you will, is, is this person, be they from a traditional marketing background or, or from a technology background, are they still excited by learning new things in technology? Are they passionate? Are, are they willing to go dig into things that you know, may at times be mundane and find them interesting? Uh, and it's an, it's an intangible. It, it's a hard to measure, but it's something that I think is important. I am going to second that with a big wave my hands in the air like I just don't care because I'm in the process of running some interviews now. And it is an amazing question to sort of ask people, what gets you excited about technology? Why technology? And, and you're right, it's such an X factor. There is no, you can't manage someone into that. They either have that or they don't. And people reveal it. Perhaps inadvertently sometimes. Sometimes, absolutely. Well, I, of course, have to ask my favorite question. So all of this is, uh, is the positive. But uh, I always love the negative space. So, so Tyler, to save us all from making a, a career side turn or however you might want to put it, or giving ourselves a terrible title. If you had a piece of advice to someone to say in your career, don't ever, ever, ever do this again, what would it be? There's several that come to mind. So I'm trying to pick the most salient one. Um, (laughs) Don't ever, ever, ever join an organization that's not ready for you yet. There's always opportunity. You can always transform an organization. But when you join one that, that you believe you're going to change, you probably need to take a step back and question whether the organization is ready for change. And I've found personally that in an interview process, if you say, you know, this technical marketing thing is new for you. Are you ready for this? How is this role going to affect the way that you do work day to day? It not only engenders respect between you and the person that you're interviewing with, but it it gives you the opportunity to understand whether you're just going to be the person with a strange title <laughs> in an organization that's just going to function like the way it did all along, right? That is that is interesting. As the director of influence marketing, <laughs> I have to tell you, I've uh, been alone on my island for a while, but the uh, times change. Um, so it's an interesting it's an interesting point. I think you, I think the uh, I really like the point you made about people can say they're in a change place, but that's maybe part of on both people's processes and parts as, as part of it of figuring out, is the organization really ready to change? Are they, are they able? So I think it's not a bad thing to be a groundbreaker, to be different. Absolutely. Um, but it, it's sort of like, how much can you take, you know? And, and that's, that's an individual answer for, for every person. And the reality is, and I'll, oh, this, this feels a bit squishy. You have to trust your instinct in those scenarios. And it's difficult when job hunting to trust your instinct. But often when there's that little small voice at the back of your brain that's saying, oh, dear God, Tyler, what are you doing? You should probably listen to it. Hmm. 
Very, very valid point, and I, I, I do love the claim and would stand by it. Like, make sure that an organization is ready for you, and you're not just over enthusiastic about the idea that they want to hire you. Especially as these titles change. I mean, we're we're talking about a title that, as well adopted as it is, it's newer. So, understanding where it fits and what it does. Uh, hopefully, this podcast with Tyler will bring you a little closer to understanding it. Uh, if you are pursuing a TME role. Or if you already have it and you're wondering what the hell you should be doing. So either way, uh, Tyler, where can people find you on the internet if they want to follow up with you or read a little more of your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest way to find me is probably on the Twitterers. And I'm at Tyler Hannon. That's great. And Tyler is also a phenomenal speaker. I'm going to link to one of my favorite talks of his from Monktoberfest that uh, inspired me to look at Basho a bit further. So with that, Tyler, thank you so much for being a Geek Whisperer today. You kept your tone nice and even, and you really proved that you can, in fact, whisper with the best of them. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks, Matt. All right. Geek Whisperers over and out. You've been listening to the Geek Whisperers podcast, where we bring social media and community to enterprise IT. You can listen to all the episodes at our website, geek-whisperers.com, or check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or iTunes. Your hosts were John Mark Troyer, Amy Lewis, and Matthew Brender, better known on Twitter as Jay Troyer, Comms Ninja, and MJ Brender. See you next week. A function of how you choose to either hierarchical... Wow. We're going to cut that out. <laughs> Draw Wait, tossing summon. pigs? Is that a thing? I mean, it's, this isn't just a, an Amy Lewis bacon fest. It's actually like a, a problem inside organizations to toss dead pigs. Maybe he was uh, talking about catapulting the cow like in Monty Python. This is really degraded. <laughs> <laughs>